0: Hello, Warriors and Battle Buddies. Welcome to A Battle Within, episode number 93. I'm Drew Neiman, and shortly I'll be joined by my wife, Terry, the inspiration for the program. A Battle Within is about our life experiences and those of our guests living with and healing from traumatic brain injuries, with an emphasis on post-concussive syndrome, otherwise known as PCS. The conversations are real, raw, and uncensored from both the warrior and the caregiver perspectives. It is our desire that this platform be a useful way to create awareness around the invisible injury, and we aim to help those in the battle, whether that is you the warrior or you the caregiver, by offering the stories and resources we have found along the way. Today on A Battle Within, we sit down for another installment of Terry's Takes. If you haven't listened in before to these episodes, this is where I bring up three topics to Terry, and she offers her candid, immediate responses and thoughts on the topics and then we go on to discuss it for a bit today's installment investigates the general public and accommodations why do women get concussions and pcs at higher rates than their male counterparts and should you disclose your injury to your employer as we get into the episode please remember that we are not medical professionals we are offering our own experiences perspectives, and information we have learned via our own research along the way. Okay, let's get after it with Terry for another episode of Terry's Takes. Hello, Terry. How are you?
1: Hi, Drew. Good. How are you?
0: You know what time it is?
1: Hey, how are you? In an answer, <laughs> oh, that's true.
0: I am fine. Thank you for asking. Good. I don't know why I didn't answer that. I don't know. Was you like, just like
1: skip over my question. Yeah, it was kind
0: of rude of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing okay under the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. So today I would like to talk and do another installment of Terry's takes. <sighs> Hey. Yes, I know how much you love these
1: Yeah, these are, it's these very my... stressful for me Get
0: out, why? Why is it stressful?
1: I'm on the spot kind of stuff What if I um don't know What the heck you're talking about?
0: Well, you never do anyway <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks <laughs> Oh,
0: I'm only kidding You ready for number one? Sure Alright, so the topic is The general public and accommodations Alright Okay You and I are having this conversation about how the general public today really has no clue and is good at passing judgment, and we wouldn't be the only ones having this kind of conversation, and it it certainly is a real problem, in my view. Mm -hmm. According to the CDC, one of four people, Americans that is, that live with some sort of a disability, yet as a society... We seem to be unaware and show a great lack of understanding to this. Do, do you agree?
1: For the most part, yes.
0: So when people think about disability, which is a horrible word in the first place, people think of wheelchair ramps and-
1: Ones they could see with their eyes.
0: Right. Parking spots and-
1: Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're talking about accommodations or disability?
0: Both. both well, I the think general for- general public pe- and accommodations.
1: Okay. So disabilities, I think they think of ones they could see with their eyes and accommodations. Go ahead. What were you saying?
0: You know, parking spots, wheelchair ramps. That's what people think of, right? When they think of disability. Yeah, the obvious, right. Right. The obvious stuff. But there's so much more to it. Mm -hmm. So for example, in your particular case, when we used to go out to eat, you used to love sitting in the high tops. Mm -hmm. You can't anymore or you're not comfortable anymore. Mm-hmm. And it could also be dependent on the day, how you're feeling a particular day, right? Yes. But yet, if you, God forbid you say that I can't do this because I don't feel well or something, you're kind of like, you know, what are you talking about, lady? You get a little of that. You don't remember that? Not really. No? Okay. Unless not I made an
1: impression on me.
0: I do. I remember one, one place specifically, but I will not bring it up.
1: What happened?
0: You kind of got a funny look because you – They had you all queued up to go sit at a high top with me. And then you said, no, I'd rather not because I'm not comfortable there. And they kind of gave us a funny look like, what is up with these people? Why can't they sit at a high top? Okay. And they begrudgingly moved us. Okay. Now, how is it, generally speaking, outside the high top lady, is it when you ask for accommodations? Do you find
1: people that would be helpful? Friends, yes. Okay. Family, yes. Lots of places and businesses it varies and it will also vary according to whether or not i am holding a cane
0: okay what do you mean by that
1: because then they see a disability oh
0: it's the visible part do you strategically bring the cane with you
1: i don't do well in large crowds and uneven like surfaces for because i rely on my sense of touch Mm -hmm. for my balance So, and then you bring in the vision of people crowding me or walking past me. I don't do well. So I will, it's not strategically, it's strategic for me. In a way, yeah, it is because it tells them also, uh, watch out, be careful.
0: Do you think that society, generally speaking, is insensitive and lacks understanding towards disabilities, especially the invisible ones?
1: I think there's not an awareness if they haven't met anyone going through something like that or they themselves are not, then there would be a lack of – could be a lack of awareness. It would depend because they could be in a field that can make them aware too, uh, you know, a career.
0: All right, that's fair. I guess that's fair. Sometimes you've seen it where it's obvious that people kind of get it and they're all about it and yeah. will do it, go out of their way. So I'm not saying this is about everybody. It's just as a society, I think we need to do better.
1: Yeah. And I also think that people go about kind of living in their bubble. And I'm not blaming people for that because mm. I do it all the time where I'll just be like, oh, I got this on my mind and I'm thinking about this and I'm not necessarily thinking about the next guy or gal. You know, sometimes we have to slow down and take in our consideration of others and realize that everyone's going through something. Yeah. Even if we don't know it.
0: Do you notice significant differences about the way? you are handled or approached because it's sort of invisible with you as it was opposed to when we were taking care of my sister Holly, who has a very obvious
1: oh injury. Such a significant difference. It was like catered to Holly. She was in a wheelchair. It's obvious she had a multiple handicap and people were super accommodating and nice. Do anything they possibly do to help you or her. I would agree with that. My I have to interject though yes. for a second. But she needed it more in some you know what yes. I mean? Too. And uh so there's levels of accommodations.
0: Would you say that it would be more than appropriate for you to speak up and let people know what what you might need? Does it make it better? As for long
1: you? as I'm comfortable doing that, yes.
0: And it makes it better for you? Yes. Do you run into problems where you're not comfortable or people aren't accommodating?
1: No, for the most part. A simple, I have a brain injury is usually enough.
0: Okay. But you're advocating for yourself is my point. Mm -hmm. I mean, the lack of understanding in the United States is so bad that there's actually an Instagram page dedicated to it. Really? Uh, Yes. It's called, but you don't look sick. Oh, yeah. On Instagram. That has thirty-seven thousand members involved, and Mm -hmm. over half a million posts. Wow! (laughs) Obviously, it's prevalent in society, Mm -hmm. you know. And this this page is where people go to kind of articulate their frustrations. People kind of talk and help each other out and get through these things when they're suffering or feeling badly because uh, they're frustrated with it—lack of a better term. Right. Apparently, you don't know about this page.
1: Well, I'm not really on Instagram yeah. much.
0: That's what I thought. What would you do? Would you encourage people to speak up about it? How would you handle it? Or what would you suggest to people out there about all this? Should they speak up? Should if they're they capable quiet?
1: of speaking up, then yeah, they should. They should advocate for themselves. If they can't advocate for themselves, somebody can't advocate for them.
0: So like a family member or the mm-hmm. battle buddy that right. mm-hmm. any, uh, tips or tricks around that, that you found successful in your time trying to do this where you kind of get the the weird eye and you've addressed Take it. Take
1: a deep breath. Okay. And just say it is okay because a lot of times people are nervous or uncomfortable or don't want to put somebody else out and you're not putting somebody else out by taking care of yourself. You're not.
0: Yeah, most people want to help if they mm-hmm. if they knew, right? Most right. people would. Anything else to add on that topic?
1: Did you want to talk about any other kind of accommodations? Yeah, please. Go ahead. Sometimes for brain injuries, there's vision stuff, and I think they make great uh, prism lenses that people don't know you're wearing them, but you need them. Sometimes lights and things bother people with head injuries. so
0: Sound, too.
1: Right, so being able to put on blue light attachments to, to your glasses, if you wear glasses, mm-hmm. that, or you can do an overlay on your computer that blocks out the blue light or anything that's ir, uh, irritating. Mm-hmm.
0: I also think that there's, there should be no shame in feeling that you needed an accommodation either. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people and i've seen it sometimes even Mm -hmm. with you where it's like a struggle because you have to come to terms with the fact that you may have need an accommodation for a short period of time yeah or a long period of time not necessarily fight it always try to improve but don't fight it right right anything else you got there
1: yeah i think shoes are incredibly important if you're Mm, dealing with balance issues so i think that very forget the heels if you're a lady or um, even, if, man, the dress shoes, get shoes with grip. Yeah. Because it's most important that you don't fall. You know, and Hit your head again or whatever. Or a preventative yeah. um, combination for you. There. Um, I've asked for lights to be turned off. Uh, in a doctor's office Fluorescent lights And they have like A little side light Or well, something
0: why is it always A doctor's office Got all the fluorescent <laughs> lights
1: I Come on I peoples. don't know But I've asked for lights I've asked for Opposite seating um, Not just lower seating But Because if I turn my head In a, a particular direction It stri- hurts my eyes So I will Strategically sit In certain places That's a accommodation I make For myself Yes so you don't actually have to always have people providing accommodations. You can provide accommodations for yourself. Like you know what works for you that you can make a combination for.
0: But the general public doesn't get all this stuff. So what I'm suggesting is that everybody be brave enough, whether you're the battle buddy or the person's going through it to actually speak up when you need some help and something's bent. In order to make it more comfortable for you, that's the only way we're going to get society to understand it better. Do you agree with that?
1: Yep. The more I think that the minute you say you have a brain injury, people think, "Well, she doesn't look like she has a brain injury." Yeah,
0: yeah that's part of they what don't, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, they
1: don't. They don't get it. So if you have to give a little bit further details, just a little bit, so they understand, like I need a low, not to sit under that light, right? Whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I'm going to move on now to Terry's take number two. All right. Yep. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. The topic is why do women have more PCS symptoms than men? Research has been pointing in this direction for some time now, Terry. And there's a growing understanding that male and female brains may actually respond differently to blows to the head. Mm. It is a suggestion that female athletes are not only more likely to sustain a concussion in any given sport, but they also tend to have more severe symptoms and take longer to recover. Does this surprise you at all?
1: I didn't know that, but well, you guys are (laughs) hard-headed. Oh, wow. Wow. So maybe that's that's why. (laughs) I kid. I kid.
0: (laughs) That's too funny. What makes this interesting and concerning to me is that we can't seem to not only get the public to recognize and show some understandings to the concussions, but sometimes the medical professionals struggle in this regard too. In the beginning, it's really starting to look like that it is based on gender that treatments may need to be different and more awareness around that should be created as well. Do you think it makes sense to actually design the treatment programs that are a little bit more specific, uh, a little bit more gender specific.
1: If necessary, I think, uh, well, you're talking to a special educator. They're never going to take that out of me. So I always look at any sort of lessons, education, training, should be geared towards the individual. So that being said about gender, if, if the gender is making a difference, Then, yeah, you can gear it. If it doesn't make a difference, I don't think you should.
0: So you think it should be more specific to the individual as opposed to the gender? Yeah. Despite the tendencies that may be within both?
1: Yeah, because you don't know how that woman's going to respond.
0: I think that's a fair point. Now, there's a Dr. Tracy Covison, a researcher at Michigan State University, studied the records of injured NCAA athletes to see how common concussions were between males and females within the same sport mm. okay so she studied soccer basketball for example and she found out that women are twice as likely to su- to suffer a concussion than their male counterparts
1: well, that would indicate then there needs to be something proactive prior to it happening, like maybe some protections in place for women's heads.
0: Now, male concussions are more likely to be followed by blackouts, for instance, and female concussions are more likely to lead to prolonged headaches, mental fatigue, difficulties with concentration, and they may experience mood changes. This all sound familiar to you? Yeah. Yeah, you went through this, didn't you?
1: Yeah. They still do at times. Mm -hmm.
0: Female athletes also seem to require more time for the symptoms to disappear. One study of two hundred and sixty six high school athletes, including soccer and football players, wrestlers and skiers, found that on average females took seventy six days longer to recover. Um, Excuse me, 76 days to recover where males on average took 50 days. Do you think this has something to do with the fact that maybe girls and women are are more apt to disclose their symptoms, where boys and men may be more likely to play through their pain? Or do you think maybe potentially women are a little weaker in the neck, comparatively speaking?
1: That could very well be both of them. Really, it could be, right?
0: Yeah, I'm asking you what your thoughts are now that I'm bringing this to your to I'm just table. thinking
1: that both yeah. are plausible.
0: Female athletes are 1.7 times more likely to show signs of cognitive impairment after a few days of experiencing concussion, and they will show greater deficits in visual memory and vestibular reflexes as well. The researchers generally do think that it is because their necks are thinner than the male ones.
1: That's a uh- Interesting because I I think a lot comes from our neck. And
0: you, you've been a big proponent about saying that if you have, you know, your neck gets whipped with lash, you have a concussion. You're not the only one that said that on this program. Yeah, you're a big big believer in that, aren't you? So you mm-hmm. talked about some like preventative things. What do you think? What do you think we should do?
1: Ne- neck exercises. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Build your necks, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Provide maybe some protection to the neck, maybe?
0: Yeah, how do you do that? I don't don't know. know. Can
1: you wear like a foam padding, wraps around or something? I don't know.
0: I have no idea either. Just something to ponder. I do also believe that the increased amount of concussions with the female athletes is also because they'll report it. I think male athletes, they they will just fight through it and nobody really ever knows. I do think that's part of the problem. Part
1: of how we raised men? Maybe.
0: Yeah, I think it's innate, some of it, but uh, I also don't think Times that, are changing, though. Right. Times are changing. and we've, we've had some guests on, you know, they're talking about that, that, uh, you know, be brave enough to speak up and, mm-hmm. and pay attention and, and disclose it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I certainly think that that's part of it as well. That's my opinion
1: anyway. I want to add another piece. Sometimes yeah. women are more in tune. What do you mean? Tune
0: with- With themselves?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Men will brush it aside till it's like, oh, it's about to explode. And now it's really bad.
0: That's my point. They'll just fight through it.
1: But women are very in tune with themselves.
0: I think that's a fair point. All right, moving on. Terry's state number three. Mm-hmm. Should you disclose to your employer that you have a brain injury? Hmm, this question's been floating around.
1: Not necessarily if it doesn't affect your job performance and you don't need any accommodations and you can work the whole day, then why? But if you're going to need understanding at any point or accommodations or can't, you need adjustments to any kind of your work schedule or hour, whatever, then yeah, I think you have an obligation to.
0: To your employer? Yeah. Yeah. This question's been floating around on social media quite a bit in recent times. What do they say? Well, they're they're asking the question for folks to kind of weigh in and lend their advice as to how they should handle it. I've seen it quite a bit lately on social media. What's the in feedback? The groups? Pretty much what you've said. And then there's other ones that are like, absolutely not, don't say anything. It gets really sticky, you know, is it discrimination? Is it can you function in your job? All that thing. And uh, people are afraid that they're going to get discriminated against or even get fired because they might have had a brain injury. Others feel it'd be good to disclose it, you know. But if we're
1: talking about that, we need more awareness, which we, I think, a hundred percent all agree with. Then that is part of awareness, and sometimes creating awareness can make certain times and people uncomfortable, including yourself.
0: Mm, that's a good point.
1: But how do we expect employers grow in awareness if we're not there on the front line, so to speak, showing them it's not always what you think it is? It can look like this too.
0: That's a that's a valid point, Terry. Do you think some of this may be related to the fact that people are trying to get back to work sooner than they really should go back to work in the and first place? Trying
1: to hide it, right? Well, I can't say. I would say they're doing a disservice to themselves, but then again, we don't know where they are financially in their right, situation. Right, so exactly. th- they may they may not have a choice.
0: Right. So there's some like some kind of safety net thing that's missing too in our society as well. To allow this yeah, to Yeah, maybe there
1: should be some sort of training for employers with yeah, you learned about I don't know, we could do do better on the whole with any disability really. With employers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would agree with that. To me, I think if you're working with medical professionals, you got to consider what they're considering. If you're working with a vocational agency or potentially legal counsel, you have to talk to those folks about what's sort of the right solution for you to about returning to work. I also personally think that people should do what they think is best that allows them to stay safe. Mm-hmm. You know, first and foremost. Probably is going to come down to a, a personal decision in the end, ultimately.
1: Yeah, maybe just write a list, like pros, cons, <laughs> see what they come up with. And they only they can really answer that and know what's best for themselves and what they can sleep with at night.
0: Right. I also think that maybe if you're at work and because of the head injury, you're not performing up to your capabilities or what the job requires – that eventually you have to get to the point where you understand that and accept that to a degree and try to accommodate and adjust like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that too? Yeah. As hard as it may be, right, Terry? Because you've had to do that. Yeah. You know, But in the long run, is it the best thing? Was it the best thing?
1: Yeah, I grieved close to four years.
0: Right, close to it, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't actually until COVID when I realized all that the teachers were then going through that I knew I couldn't do it. And in normal circumstances, I was in denial. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that is part of being a teacher, being able to adjust on the fly and be able to handle any stressful situation and and be a whatever they put out there. You go, yeah, and you get it done. That's part of being a teacher. So it became crystal clear that there's just no way. I can't make those kind of adjustments and to handle those kind of stressors. I know that. And so I grew to acceptance. And when things settle down and go back, I already know that I'm in a place of acceptance, that even in that situation, that it's not right for me. And I don't compare it to other people anymore because that was a real big bubble burster for me because I would look at other people getting back and say, well, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do it? And why did they do it? But I can't do it. Don't do that to yourselves. Just a word of advice. Don't do that to yourselves. If you are doing it to yourself, you deserve better. Stop. Just look at your own situation, your own needs. That's it.
0: Yeah, I also think it delayed healing to a degree.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, in some ways, you actually got better once you released that. Yeah. Which took a while for you to release it. Yeah. And it was nobody who was going to do that for you. It had to come from within. Yeah. So, you'll adapt, you'll adjust, you'll move on. You're doing okay with that right now, for yeah. the most part. I know it still hurts as we're sitting here talking about it, but the point I'm trying to make is that you can get to acceptance and that can actually aid in your recovery instead of forcing it, right? Oh, yeah, all right. any uh final thoughts here, Terry, before we shut down for today?
1: I'm good, you good, <laughs>
0: yeah, all right, well, there you go, Terry's takes. Thanks for listening, folks. We hope you got something out of this, a few good nuggets of conversation, and at least a few things to consider. Notes and resources for this episode are available at battlewithin.com backslash 093.
1: Bye, folks. Bye.
0: Keep battling, folks. Bye-bye. Connect with us at battlewithin.com and on Facebook and Instagram at a within. If you would like to be featured on the podcast or know someone that you think should be, please reach out to us in the same places I mentioned a second ago. You can also leave a voice message on our recorder on the homepage of the website if that's your preference. Got any ideas for episode topics? Reach out with those ideas as well. If you like what you're hearing and want to support the program, the best way to do that is to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use it to listen as your platform. It helps us to get into more ears. Links to do so are in the episode notes. Be sure to check out our Battle Within swag shop on the website at battlewithincom backslash swag. Until next time, for those healing, show yourself some grace. For those who know someone healing, show them the same and give them a great deal of love. Keep battling, folks. Bye-bye.